I'm very sure you have an important life, but whatever you are doing, stop and pay attention. It's the afternoon, a podcast with Brent and Robbie. Welcome to the Afternooner Sports Podcast. I'm Brent. Getting you through the next hour. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to have some chills. We're going to have some interesting people to speak with because right now I've got someone sitting across from me at the table that I think everybody wants to talk to. Ted from Accounting. Ted, so good to meet you. We've heard so much about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Brent. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm Ted. I work in accounting. And you know, the thing we do in accounting Uh is we manage all the records and documents for the department. And so you see, we have people all over the state and they work with projects and documents and records are created. And Uh then they email them to the people that need to review them. And they say, have you reviewed them yet? And the people email back and say, not yet. Uh-huh. And then we email them back again and say, well, hurry up because oh, yeah. we need them We need them done soon. You're overdue. And then they finally give them back to us. And then we email them to these other people uh-huh. in our team in the other office. And they say, what took you so long? And we're like, well, they, they kept putting us off. And they yeah, say, sure, well, sure. they did them wrong. Oh, and yeah. so they send them back to me. And I send them back out to my people who sends them out to those people to review again. And they say, why are you giving this to us again? Okay. Our project is over budget. And long overdue. Yeah. And they're like, just get it done. But then they email my boss and say, do we really have to do this? And he's like, well. And I'm like, it says it right here in our procedures. They Uh have to do it. But then my boss says, well, let's just let them slide this time. Like, well, it's a slippery slope. And then they send them Uh to us anyway without actually doing the work. And then, then we put it into the access database. So then they can find it again. Uh Do you understand? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's uh, that's something. That's just the beginning. Then once it's in the access database, somebody else says, hey, I want to see that document. We then have to go into the database. We copy it out into a special folder. Mm-hmm. And in that special folder, we create a zip file. And in that zip file, we then send it to the new person that needs it. And we say, how long are you going to need it? And they said, this long. And we said, don't be late. And then we put special notes in our access database that says, Brent, for example, your name's Brent, Uh has it. And that way other people, when they want to see who has it, they can see Brent has it. Yeah, how about that? But then if somebody else wants that same record, we have to say, well, Brent has it. Do you want to share it with Brent? And they say, well, yeah, we'd like to share it because we need it. But then I said, let me check with Brent. If Brent is okay with sharing it, Brent, are you okay with sharing it with Billy over here? Uh, uh, he really needs yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Then. Okay. Okay. You guys are gonna have to coordinate a little bit. We're gonna put it in a special folder, not okay. the one you currently have it in, so that you can work on it and he can see it at the same time. But you can't work on it at the same time. If you are working on it, you gotta let Billy know. And if Billy's working, he's gotta say, "Hey, Brent, buddy, buddy, there's a lot of bees going on here." Uh huh. We're almost done with it. Yeah. And then totally. If, totally. And then yeah. if you need it, but you see Billy's got it, you're like. Billy, you've had it for two days. You got to call Billy and say, hey, Billy, can you put it back? 
Can you just uh-huh. save it? So I don't, uh-huh. I need to see what you've done so I can do what I need to do. Yep. And then when both of you are done, we'll say, hey, thanks guys. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for getting along, being team players. Uh-huh. And then we're going to take it back. We're going to put it back in our access database. We're going to change a few things. Some of the metadata fields, because you've added some metadata. Billy's added some metadata. Uh-huh. Just for fun, we add our own extra metadata. It doesn't mean anything, but we're like, why the heck not? And so then uh-huh. we put it back in our access database, and then we save it to the special folder. So then when the next person needs to find it, they can see it. And then they contact us and say, hey, can we have that? that document that Brent and Billy had, and then uh-huh. we send it, Yeah, oh, send oh, it on to them. Yeah, you, that's, yeah, definitely. So that, that, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, I, 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 that, th- thank you. Uh, thank you, Ted from accounting. That was, uh, fantastic. I uh, appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I, thanks I, for I, having I, me. I can, I can tell you definitely have a soul. So am I supposed to go now? I'd like Robbie. Can you, could you, could you, could you get, is, you is mean, Robbie in you there? You mean the guy out in the hallway right could now? Could you get, I, I just need Robbie. Let me go see if he's, get just yeah, Robbie. So I'm, I'm going to leave. Yep. Okay. You go on. I want Robbie to come back. Let's do this again. Welcome to the Afternoon of Sports Podcast. I'm Robbie. With me, as always, is Brent. Robbie! Can, can we hold hands across yes, the we table? Can. We're touching Dude. fingers right oh, now. This is, it's a long table. It is a very long table. You've got long arms, as, as I pointed out before. That's yes, what makes you, you so good at yeah, basketball. Yes, yes, I'm here. Yes. Sunday School Billy's not here. I, f- I feel like he's avoiding me. He's refusing to be here. Oh, I like, what you, I like that. He's refusing to be here because he doesn't want to be in the same room. I'm actually sitting in the chair that he's occupied for the last three weeks. What are we saying? Was he taking your role over these last few weeks or was your seat empty and he was just remaining in the Sunday School Billy role? I'd like to think my seat was metaphorically empty, but quite literally he was sitting in the same chair I'm sitting in now. You know, we talked about Mirapex a lot last week and gambling and gambling addictions caused by a drug for restless leg syndrome. I think that might be what Sunday School Billy is doing right now, and we can't really call him Sunday School Billy anymore. We're calling him Mirapex Billy, because while his legs are very still, he is a gambling. Welcome back, Robbie. It's great to be here. It's great to see you. Now, I asked for a good five minutes uh, with Ted from accounting, having no idea that I was going to be listening to the sound of a universe, an entire universe just collapsing in on itself. So I want to make it up both to our listeners for having heard from Ted from Accounting, but also to you, I'm going to give you, go ahead and set the clock, five minutes, go ahead, cycling. Cycling, you know, I really did enjoy your guys' uh, top 10 cyclist Uh and trying to hear you pronounce some of the names. Uh Peter Sagan, not... Not Carl Sagan's brother. It's sure. Peter Sagan. Sure. Peter Sagan. Definitely. But so this past week, the Volta e Catalunya uh-huh. stage race was going on. It's yeah, I saw that. Seven episodes. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, sta- s- actually, I said seven episodes, seven stages. Stage five was won by Bora Hansgrohe rider, Maximilian Bachmann. Uh-huh. He's a German rider. Yeah. And so Bachmann... What got into the early breakaway? They ride for and five, there it is five minutes. No, it's not that was, five minutes. That was five minutes. Five minutes. You're not cutting me off yet, Robbie. Robbie, that was but five this minutes. But this is this is what everyone loves about cycling. No, that's that's a <laughs> sentence that doesn't make 
That's a set. I believe we talked about last time that the World Cycling Federation, the UCI, the Union, the Worldwide Cycling Federation, gave up on cycling. Cycling is over. They've they not, quit. They've now given up. But this is what people do love about cycling. Riders go out on a race for four to six hours and cheat. And early on in the race, a small group of riders break away and get off of the front of the peloton, sometimes getting five to 10 minutes of a, a lead on the main pack. I'm not sure. Peloton, I thought, was a stationary bike for rich people. It's that too. Okay. Um, but, but you know, and the math, the math and the numbers are always favor the peloton, the group where they're not working as hard. Eventually, they're going to catch up these three to seven riders that are working together. And so a breakaway rider is always the underdog story. No matter what your favorite team or favorite riders are, you're uh -huh. watching that breakaway uh -huh. and you're always pulling for one of these guys to hold on till the end. Where's Ted? <laughs> <laughs> one of these guys to hold on till the end. And Maximilian Bachmann, he holds on to the end in stage five of the cyclist, Ciclista y Catalunya. Yeah, I don't think that's how you pronounce it the first time. Well, it's the in the it says Volta y Catalunya. Go and back then to underneath Russia. It says Ciclista. So he's on drugs. No, he only won one race. If he won the Bobby, entire he's stage, he's on drugs. He's probably not. Okay, how about this? Wait a second. Let's follow this. Let's follow this cyclist, Bachman Turner Overdrive, I think is his name. Let's follow him. And if he ends up on drugs, if he tests positive, you give up cycling for an entire year. You don't watch it. You don't read about it. You don't do anything with it. One year. And if Bachman is not on drugs, I will... What what would you like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you want? What do you not want to give up? <laughs> well, I, I I I'll watch cycling in a cycling event with you. Yeah. Okay. So how? What's uh? I think this rider is like twenty three, maybe twenty four. Um. So what what period of time do we have to give? Do we have to give him five years? No. This how, this how year. Like, you're saying if he goes, the he's whole on year, drugs right now. But you you're saying if he's caught. This in 2019 for drugs. Yes, I don't watch cycling in 2020. Does that mean I have to go to back to watching college basketball again? You do not I have really to watch don't college. Like no, nope, I don't basketball. either. You don't have to watch college basketball. Um, but but if uh, if he does, you're going to commit to following an entire one of the Grand Tour stage races with me in 2020. Well, that doesn't mean watching every race. That just means you're following the stage race. No, it just means I'm sitting and watching a race with you. Like one day. Well, how many days do you want? Well, I mean, like. The Grand Tours go on for three weeks. But Robbie, you you don't want me over at your house for three weeks. And your wife is like, what is he doing here? And he's like, well, he lost a bet about some guy's drug use. <laughs> how about how about a week stage race? A week stage race. That, I, so like I the Tour like of you... California, Perry Nice, uh, maybe the Criterium du Dauphiné. I like the du Dauphiné. Wasn't he in Huckleberry Finn? I don't know about that. That's I mean... a literary joke. You didn't get it. You're you're already wishing Billy was here, weren't, weren't I just, you? I want Ted from accounting back. He made more. <laughs> he made more sense. I understood him. I mean, he might be, uh, you know, the walking death of the human spirit, but I understand that. <laughs> like, I I don't want that, but I get what it is. What this is talking about cycling is unimaginable to me. But I'll do it. I'll, so, I'll okay, so the, I'll watch the bet. The, the bet I'll, is if Maximilian is drug-free and doesn't get busted for anything in 2019. Mm -hmm. I get to keep watching cycling in 2020. You're going to you're gonna closely follow a week-long stage race, maybe the tour of California. No, I'm not going to closely follow it. I'm going to watch it with you. At my house. Or my house or wherever. I like You can't make me follow it, but you can make me sit at a screen 
and stare. You at. have done this for me once before. We watched like the tour of the tour of Colorado. Or no, it was Vuelta Espana. But it was just one day, right? It was. One I'm day. trying to remember like what favor I did for you that that uh, you agreed to do. That. I think I just wanted to spend time with you. But uh, we're at, that can't be exa- it. <laughs> well, we're at in our relationship right now. It has to. I, I have lost a bet. <laughs> so well, welcome back, Robbie. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. I've missed you guys. I've listened to most of the episodes without me until I get angry and have to turn them off because I'm like, I hate these guys. Yeah, They're I such had jerks. We had one Afterguner say, I'm feeling bad for Ted from accounting. I've actually gotten two texts in the last week of like, hey, are, are you coming back soon? Oh, so Billy and I aren't doing our job well. Or I just wonder if they were worried about my emotional well-being. They're like, <laughs> hey, we still like you even if Brent and Billy don't. Robbie, <laughs> we felt abandoned and I think- that's but, what happened. We lash out. But you know, you know what it was. I mean, I was in Hawaii. Yeah, we didn't. We never mentioned weeks. that. I was in Hawaii for two weeks at Uncle Single Sexy Researcher Sam's wedding. So he is no longer, no longer single, still sexy. Yeah, I was gonna say, did marriage change that? Not really a researcher. Um, not technically not a realtor right now. He's actually a school teacher in Guam right now. A school teacher of what? English. I think he's teaching science. Science. Yeah, as in his words. Uh, the standards are quite not quite that high in Guam <laughs> for for whatever requirements or credentials you need, because he's not a credentialed teacher here in the mainland United States. So yeah, we were in Hawaii for a couple of weeks, and then I got back and I w- had to work like Monday mornings, and we record on Sunday nights, as all Aftergooners know. Had to work Monday mornings on the west side of the state, two and a half hours away. So I was going up to hotels then the Sunday night. Because I just can't get up early enough to drive that early in the morning. So I mean, what Ted from accounting was saying was true. Yeah, it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> it sounds like a dynamic, exciting world. <laughs> We're just glad to have you. What's your favorite top three marching band songs, Robbie? This is my welcome back present to all you. Right. Top three. I'll, I'll stall here for a second. I'm going to take a few off that you're not allowed to say. The audience might be thinking it. No Imperial March. From Star Wars. No, I dreamed a dream from Les Miserables, which has strangely become like a staple of marching yeah. bands. Yeah. How did the saddest song of Les Mis become a marching band staple? I, like, I are know. there certain songs that like when you hear them, like when you hear a song that's completely out of the context of a marching band, can you hear it and be like, oh, that would actually have a great career in marching band? I don't know. I don't. I think I've been so far removed from the marching band world. I don't think I can just hear a song and think that'd be a great marching band anthem. Would you give us a few bars what? of "I Dreamed a Dream"? I dreamed a dream of days gone by. I don't remember the next line. When hope was high and life worth living. When hope was high and life worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dream that love would never die and God would be forgiving. Oh, yeah. That's the Neil Diamond version. He throws an oh, yeah, in there. And actually, I started that way too high. Have you, you, heard, the Neil, have you heard the Neil Diamond version of that song? That seems like <laughs> it's that is like saying the thing people love about cycling. <laughs> so l- let me. Like it's a 1985 live Neil Diamond album from some concert he did, maybe in Boston. I think it was in Boston because he had a Sweet Caroline and people are going crazy. But he starts to, and introduces the song. He's like, I'm about to do a song for you tonight. 
It's from a new musical that just came out in the last couple of years. Yeah, so, so it was on Broadway in 87. Yeah. Called Les Miserables. And he says it like you're like, whoa. <laughs> but I mean, for those of you that are familiar with Les Mis, the song is Fantine, mm-hmm. a woman singing about like, uh, lo- you know, a, a lover who like is gone and then now she has a Felix, pregnant with a child. Felix Tholomies is his name in the book. I was never going to even try to pronounce his name. But here we have Neil Diamond singing this song and he changes all the she's the he's and he's the she's. He changes them so a man can sing the song. And unnecessary. It is a little unnecessary. I sing, but... I sing lullabies to my kids that are actually just pop songs I enjoy, and a couple of them are clearly coming from a female perspective. I want you to know, I do not change any of the pronouns. Never? Never. One of them's called Orphan Girl, and it just keeps, like several times, it says, I am an orphan, an orphan girl. I don't change it. Another one is about a a uh, World War One soldier dying, and from the perspective of his love, and I don't change the pronouns. The kid can deal with it; it's fine. And he's never once, neither of my boys have ever once been like, "Dad, that's from a girl's perspective." They get it; they understand. It's a performance. Grow up, Neil. All right, are you ready for my top three marching band favorites? Yes, number three. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to give you an honorable mention. Fantastic. Robbie, this is your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, two of our favorite after Gooners, Jack and Renee, do call this the Mr. Robbie show. I was worried if I missed another episode, it was going to quickly become the Mr. Billy show. But it's possible that they call it Mr. That Other Guy show. Yeah, yeah, that is possible. The Other Guy show. Mr. Whiny, nasally voice that nobody likes show. <laughs> so honorable mention. Honorable mention. mention. Louie Louie. Louie Louie. Louie Louie. Keep going. Oh, baby. Wait, I don't know the words. What is that? Like, I... Oh, we, we gotta, gotta go. go. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 right? no, no, no. What's the next line? I have no idea. I've only is played it, it in March. Is it way down on me? Wait, lay down on me? Way down on me? Like, Louie Louie was a censored song in the days, but I don't actually know the lyrics to it. So why I like it as a marching band song is because it has the kind of the, the bass line, boom, 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 boom. So the sousaphone is really rocking. The tuba people are doing their dancing. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Louie, Louie, oh no, you take me where you gotta go. Yeah, 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 baby. Louie, <laughs> Louie, oh baby, take me where you gotta go. A fine little girl, she waits for me. Me catch the ship across the sea. Me sail the ship all alone. Me never think I'll make it home. Louie, Louie, oh no, no, no. Me gotta go. Oh no. Louie, Louie, oh baby, me gotta go. So you said there's a story there that it was censored. Are those lyrics you just read, are those the original lyrics, the uncensored or the censored lyrics? It's a good question. This is, I, I don't know. This is where we're missing Billy. This is where we really miss Billy. I don't know any of these. Like, I'm literally, this is a song I was raised on, you know, like early 60s, and, and all through, that was called Oldies back in the day, like the 60s, our parents' boomer songs. And I've heard this song many times. I've n- I don't even know if these are the right lyrics or not, because these are unfathomable to me. Me see Jamaica, the moon above. It won't be long, me see me love. Me take her in my arms, and then I tell her I'll never leave again. And it says it's by the Kingsman. So I have no idea. Google might have steered us wrong. 
And in fact, there's other things called the true lyrics to Louie Louie. So apparently it's, a New Yorker has the article, is this the dirtiest song of the 60s? <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I expect out of the New Yorker right there. And that's what I'm going to do tomorrow at work when I should be working, is read that New Yorker essay on Louie Louie. Louie Louie has nonetheless made brethren out of musicians as various as Black Flag, the Beach Boys, and Barry White. A-D-E minor runs the chord progression. Easy. They're talking your language right now, Robbie. As for the lyrics, it doesn't matter how you sing them, or re even really what you sing, though you might consider beginning with the words, Louie Louie, oh no, me gotta go. Really though, the floor is yours. Sing your grocery list. Put r pull random words from a hat. Blue eye, blue eye, oh no, a wig on a cone as one version on YouTube has it. The legend of the Kingsman's Louie Louie has been told almost as many times as the song itself has been covered. First released in May of 63, and then re-released that October, the Kingsman's version climbed to number two on the chart. The song's popularity among a new generation of rock and roll teenagers brought it to the attention of some concerned citizens. One of them, the father of a teenage girl, wrote to Robert Kennedy, who was then the Attorney General, to complain about the song's possible obscenity, prompting an FBI investigation. This land of ours is headed for an extreme state of moral degradation, the incensed parrot wrote to Kennedy. Several possible versions of the song's lyrics, included with the FBI's report, do make for a rather startling read. Now, I'm reading this the first time, so we'll see if I need to <laughs> edit anything. In the second, for instance, Ellie might sing, At night at ten, I lay here again, blank you girl oh all the way. Or perhaps his words are more onanistic. Every night and day... I play with my thing, blank your girl, all kinds of ways. The FBI investigation dragged on through 65 with each laboratory examination of the record deemed inconclusive. No one could determine what Ellie was singing, so the record couldn't be declared obscene. Ben F. Wapple, the secretary of the Federal Communications Commission, might be Wapel wrote to Wand Records, which was responsible for the 63 October pressing of the record, to ask, quote, whether even though unobjectionable lyrics were used in recording the song, there was improper motivation on the part of the singers in making the recorded lyrics so unintelligible as to give rise to reports that they were obscene, end quote. Ellie's performance was a result of accident rather than design. Though the Kingsman's Louie Louie has gone down in pop history as one of the medium's more endearing and enduring moments of amateurism, the group's members were not inexperienced musicians. Ellie, who I guess is the lead singer, studied classical piano as a child and joined a vaudeville group called the Young Oregonians when he was 11 years old. The group performed cover versions of Elvis songs, to which Ellie contributed guitar and vocals. It was surely a reflection of the era's unspoken desires that so many listeners, including those of the FCC, were eager to hear obscenities or, quote, improper motivation in the Kingsman's Louie Louie. The song was kept from the Billboard top spot in late 63 by Dominique, uh, a piping acoustic ditty about the good deeds of Saint Dominique, performed in French by Jean Deckers, otherwise known as the Singing Nun, a member of the Dominican Order. That's the weirdest sentence of this entire story. <laughs> The Beatles were only months away from their first Billboard hit with I Want to Hold Your Hand. Never mind if the obscenities were imagined. Louie Louie promised its listeners stronger stuff. The longevity of Louie Louie as a sordid and subversive rock and roll anthem could hardly have been predicted by its original author, Richard Berry, who wrote his song's lyrics in a fake Jamaican patois in an attempt to capitalize on the American calypso craze of the mid-50s. So that's why the Jamaica stuff was in there. It was just fake. 
Um, the song's origins go back further still. Barry lifted his iconic riff, which you've mentioned, straight from El Loco Chacha, a song by the Cuban-American bandleader René Touzet. In Touzet's arrangement, the riff was played on piano, complemented by a jaunty brass section, thus the marching band. The mixed and uncertain origins of Louie Louie have helped to make the song infinitely renewable. Doesn't say anything about its marching band, but there you go. How about that? I'm not a researcher, but this episode you're, is in honor of you, and that was in honor of Sam. You're doing an amicable job there, Brett. So that went on a little while, but uh, I don't know I'm going to do that for every one of your songs. But <laughs> Well, you're going to have to help me here a little, little bit with the, uh, the next one. Uh, so third place, and this is more of a pep band song, not like a marching on the field song. Uh, I so, don't know if we, wait, wait, I don't even know if this is, can we put this in the honorable mention category uh, then? You, it's you not a marching flip band flip if you song. want. You flip flop, no, but the marching band will play this either at the pep band at the basketball game or at, during the football game. Do they do it when they're marching? They probably have, but I don't remember doing it when we're marching and I honestly don't remember the name of the song so you're going to have to help me out. I know okay. it's the, it's got the guitar riff. I think it's yeah. Do you know um, what song I'm talking about? Wipeout. Wipeout. Thank you. Thank you. I was really wrecking my brain. Another 1960s, early yeah, 60s, 60s surf rock. But and I play. I I don't know if Africaners know this. When I was a marching band, I played the trumpet. I don't think I've ever said that before on the podcast. First, I've heard of it. So I was never good enough to play that in pet band to get the crowd riled up. When our football team got the ball, but the upperclassmen, I remember playing this just like, man, this guy, this guy's really got some chops. And he would just stand up and everybody would be clapping, you know. It was done on trumpet? It's yeah, almost so imaginable low. to me that it's done on trumpet rather than a guitar. It's unimaginable to you? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes marching bands, they have guitars now. Really? Yeah, they do. It's a... Eh. That's not right. It's I don't I don't think it is either. But but yeah, it's it actually was great. It's really it was really good on the uh, trumpet. I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed by that one. I'm I mean, sorry. Louis Louis would I I understand being in the, the top. The three. next one. The next one. Number two. Final countdown. Oh, Ravi, that's is that a marching band song? That or is that it's, another pep band song? No, it's it's all this talk on the field. about marching performed bands. Performed on the field. Performed on the field. All right. If you're not familiar with Final Countdown, take it away. You get you get the bear, the tenor and baritone saxophones. You get the uh, the flugelhorns. You get the, the flugelhorn. The, the the tubas. Who, who, bump bump bump. Who gets to do the uh, who gets to do that? What's, what instrument is that? Uh, the trumpet. Marching trumpet bands. Marching bands are for brass, and trumpet trumpet is the king. Look, I'm going to ask you. Let me let's take a pause to ask you a marching band question. Those piccolos and flutes out there. That's just for show, right? I mean, you don't, uh, you don't, you never need as many of them as you have. This, this isn't a Beethoven band. symphony. We don't need those piccolos. And I mean, we don't even, do we even need the clarinets? At, at the risk of offending some aftergooners out there, yeah, you don't really need the clarinets. You, it's, here's the thing the only wood <clears throat> is the only reed instrument you need the saxophone. Reed instrument. Now, flute is a, a woodwind instrument, but it's not a reed, right? Um, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think as far as a reed, I would say the saxophone's probably the one you... Clarinets with a reed, too, right? Clarinets with a reed, oboe. Um, Are there oboes in a marching band? 
Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's a double reed. That's where the the oboes. It's difficult to play. Much more difficult to play a double reed instrument. Well, um, bassoon, bassoon, bas- ah, bassoon. There's is- no bassoon <laughs> in the. No, I'm just saying bassoon is oh, another sure. double reed instrument. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, you you do want piccolo, flute, but you you don't need. I, in my opinion, you don't need too many marching bands for brass and percussion. Percussion, absolutely. Again, Final countdown. W- no wonder that I Dreamed a Dream was such a hit with marching bands <laughs> because it's a brass and percussion thing. Final one, and I think this is maybe 70s. Okay. Uh, you Can Call Me Al. It's 1980s. That's the Graceland it's album. It's the Graceland album for Paul Simon. And But the trumpet part's fantastic. Yes. And then you have the saxophone. Boom, 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 yeah, Saxophone that's a struggle. good. That's a good. It's actually, kick. it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Let me ask you: Would would Imperial March from Star Wars would that have been in there if I hadn't taken it off the table? No, I mean not for me. Partly because we never did. I don't remember doing it. If we did, eh, it wasn't like and and it's it's overdone. How many football halftime, college football halftime shows or high school? I mean, I don't. When's the last time you've been to a high school football game? Brent? Last weekend. It's not even high school football season. Still went. <laughs> Um, just walked around the field, lived the good old days. Again. But in the in the handful of high school football games I've probably been to in the last fifteen years, and college football games that you've seen on TV or in person, you you've heard a Star Wars song, the Imperial March. You've heard, yeah. but isn't that the problem with marching band? It doesn't seem like a very innovative song selection because you're trying to come up with songs that people know that will make them go ooh or that they can kind of hum along to or sing along to. You don't want to be kind of introducing them to something they've never heard before. That's not the purpose of marching band or pep band. Sure, but the very fact that I dreamed a dream, I can make, I mean, like, I'm not making a joke. That really is a very popular marching band song. I don't have, so an, exp- I don't have an explanation for it other than you've got enough nar- marching band, enough musical nerds in marching band that think this would be fun and that people know this. We are kind of musical theater nerds, so we yes. know that song you know, from the first, uh, yes. you know, first three measures, we know we we recognize the melody. And I think Phantom of the Opera probably gets yeah. Like I feel like Phantom of the Opera is ubiquitous enough in pop culture that you know many people are going to be at least familiar with the melody. Da 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 da. Right, which was stolen from Pink Floyd. Alleged, allegedly, never. If you want to go on a deep dive in a YouTube and not come back for three hours, Google Phantom of the Opera, Pink Floyd, or what? Isn't it? If Andrew, Andrew, could you Google Andrew Lloyd Webber? Did he rip off? Is he a rip off? It's from the artist? Echoes album. It's from the Echoes album. But I mean, there's, I think you've sent me this video once where they compare Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera song to Pink Floyd, but then they go on like all of other Andrew Lloyd Webber's big hits and they kind of come up with pop comparisons and did he just rip off other people's uh, music? You didn't mention Seven Nation Army? No. Is that a marching band? I mean, that's very popular in sports right now. Which song is it? Oh, yeah. Hey! I kind of remember playing that a couple times. That's definitely a pet band song. Oh, really? You remember playing You remember playing that, Robbie? I do. The melody. I didn't know what the song was called. What, what, it's a what pet year band. Were you in, what year were you doing pet band? Shoot. <laughs> I'm just curious. What year were you I doing pet nine, band? 94 would have been the oh, last 94. year. Oh, 94. Did okay, it come so out Jack, after that? Jack White was that? probably a freshman in high school. <laughs> Fine, fine, Brent. But, but it's ubiquitous at college basketball games now. 
football yes, game. Yes, basketball it's even more But so. it's definitely a pep band song. All right. It's not a uh, field marching band song. What else about, is there anything else with marching band that you want to talk about now that you're back? What, what do you got? Just give me, you know, give this me is, something else. This is a, a little uh, fringe related marching band, but as we already discussed, marching band is for brass and percussion. And uh, flags. <laughs> definitely flag corps. Oh, that's what you call them, flag corps? Uh, that, that's a, a more, the more favorable term. Yeah, I think we had that term. I mean, this was the 90s, so yeah. uh, they were called something else at school that's not- We're not going yeah, to say no, it on the air. No. You know, so this is tangential to marching band, but something that really gives me a great deal of joy- Can I, I just, I'm going to interrupt because, again, <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of opportunity to talk about marching band. This is And close. you keep bringing no. up other kinds of bands. Are you a marching band poser? I'm not, no, I'm not. I don't a think you really love the art form. Dr- I mean, I, I, you're, you know, I think I think Ted might still be in the hallway. Just, you're forcing me to say these kinds of things. So you know, I love NBA. I love yeah. the Detroit Pistons. Very excited about these playoffs. Love the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons have a drum corps, a drum line. Excellent. That is excellent. And so you know, a lot of times you'll have you know drum lines kind of or the spinoffs off marching band. It's just the percussion section. I follow them on Instagram. They're fantastic. Good I they, they 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 you go to a game and I'm upset if they're not performing that night. I'm upset. What if are they not doing if they're like why aren't they performing? Because I can't imagine these guys get paid or they can't be get paid much. But uh, they should be as paid as much as the the cheerleaders, right? Or the dancers? Yeah, may, maybe maybe are I don't they know. Paid? Maybe they're not paid a lot either. They're probably not paid a whole lot. But the Pistons putting a plug in for the Pistons drum line, they're great. They add a lot of fun to the game. And I feel it's like, it's so much better when you're at a live sporting event where they're not just playing like piped in music in the background and you've got drums up in the, you know, some section up in the higher parts of the arena, just going crazy. So again, just to be clear, you wanted to talk about marching band, but you're talking about drum line at NBA games. Is there anything yeah. about marching band that you want to talk about? I'm talking about a drum line. I mean, every marching band has drum lines and their drum, their drum I mean, corps. drum line goes. it's called marching desert. band. They're supposed to march. Isn't that like, don't we get excited well, because yeah, we see yeah, the there, formation? There is something else I want to talk okay, about. Yeah, thank what you. drives me crazy is when you go to a parade okay. the, with kids in marching band these days <laughs> and they, they do glide step. They do glide step. Do you know what this is? This is where they're walking heel to toe. They're trying to walk as smoothly as possible. Heel they're, to toe? Their, their knees are not going up and down. They're, in my opinion, they're not marching. Is that like goose step? Like sort of Nazi soldier? Like, what are you talking about? Like their knees aren't moving. You're going to, you're going to demonstrate it here in the studio. Your knees are moving every time you walk. Your, your, your knees are moving, <laughs> but you're putting one foot in front of the other. You're, you're not raising your knees up. True marching band, you're raising your knees up to close to chair height, where you're making a right angle with your quad show and me. the ground. Show me. That high. This, this is marching. Brent. Oh, Robbie, that is this high. Is marching. I want to say your knees are up close to your abdomen. Yes, that that's marching. That's marching. We're this like when you so when you see a parade, mm-hmm. and you see them kind of like, and it just looks like they're walking. That's incredibly easy. You're not, especially for a brass player, where you're trying to keep your mouthpiece and your embouchure on your lips when you're taking chair. You know, yeah. Chair height steps, mm-hmm. every step, you're bouncing. You're bouncing. Sure. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of core strength uh-huh. in that brass section. Okay. And you have to be in much better condition, Definitely. much better condition to Definitely. marcher. So did you, 
Did you march? Like you marched, right? Yes. Yes. Don't get upset. And you, just... look, you look down on people that do glide step. Okay. You do. I don't. I'm not getting I'm involved. telling you, you should. Can I give you a Kelvin Scale hot take right now? Yes. Kelvin Scale hot take. So hot. It's cold. Parades are garbage. <laughs> they are. I'm going to tell you something about parades these days. I don't know. It, it, was this always the case with parades? Because when I think about some sort of nostalgia that I didn't live, what a parade is, is several patriotic floats that are honoring something larger than yourself. But what a parade is these days, Robbie, is just people with bag full of garbage penny candy, chucking them at the side with different, like, politicians and companies advertising in random pickup trucks and, and convertibles. That's all a parade is anymore. And every once in a while, you get a patriotic one. And everyone has to get really, like, they have to get really serene because suddenly we have to be patriotic instead of being sold corporate and political garbage for the last 15 minutes. And then the streets are a mess because eventually even the kids realize this candy you're passing out, you bought at the grocery store because it's the cheapest candy. They're not giving you Starburst. They're not giving you Twizzlers. They're not giving you any kind of... There's no Kit Kats, Robbie. It's just these fake Tootsie Rolls of different colors and some politician throwing something. And then there's some like random truck with people... Like these giant water pistols shooting at you and like, I'm hot, but now I'm freezing cold. <laughs> and you just got the sunscreen off me. They even let podcasters into parades these days. That was, that was brilliant. We haven't done that in a while. That was uh, a few years ago. And we didn't give out cheap penny candy. We gave out a bunch of uh, leftover t-shirts thanks to Sunday School Billy. And, and we played salsa music from the truck. And uh, we passed out our business cards. Which didn't go very far because we gave them to our kids and our kids' friends to pass out and made them walk the parade while we rode in the pickup truck. But my son, my oldest son, took a stack of about 75 of those cards. And instead of handing them out to people one at a time, he just set a stack <laughs> in front of like a crowd of people and then kept running down the road. It might have been because I said, hurry up or we're going to leave you. He sh should be used to that. He's, he is used to it by now. Look, I, I, uh, that kind of parade, I don't remember that parade. That parade was a blur. Uh, I was so nervous just to make sure everything went right. But uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, if I, I would love to be a parade guy. I would love to be the kind of guy who sits at a parade and thinks, I'm not that patriotic of a person. Look, we've got school buses. We've got free refills. And we've got American football. There are things to be proud of in this country. But... When I see a parade, I'm disgusted. And then I would love to be the guy who's crying. I, I, the kind of guy I want to be at a parade is this. The guy who's like, another politician. And then suddenly the one goes by a veterans or something like that. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Here comes the rain. <laughs> and, and I'm crying. I want to be that guy. But I can't be that guy because some random, some random jujitsu studio is going by and now there's some like hair salon and then here comes some politician and then here comes some contractor and then it's just a, the, some other kind of company and then they're shooting water in my face and I hate parades Robbie hey so when I worked for the congressman I, uh, I worked for him long enough to get into parade season so we would get our that's February through March uh, no it was really Memorial Day Memorial Day through uh through probably July 4th. That's Fair parade enough. season. Fair enough. Um, but I got to do a number of parades. Loved it. We didn't have anything to pass out. Like he had a car or a truck with like maybe his name on the side or a you know, small banner. But he would walk it, which I respected. 
respect to the walking. And then we'd have me and another staffer that could just kind of walk with him. We'd have congressman shirts on. And we didn't really shake the hands, but our job was to walk there with the congressman. He just would walk around, shake hands. He'd wave at people. We didn't give out anything. That guy's terrible. But he would walk around. He'd walk around and shake hands. And he was great at seeing people he knew, remembering their names. And he'd walk into the crowd and shake that person's hand. My job was two things. One, to pull him back. Because so like, hey, we're, we're holding up the parade. We got to keep going. So that way he didn't have to be the one to end that conversation. The other thing was when we'd see somebody that knew him well to kind of point that person out to him so he could go over and shake their hand. That guy's everything that's wrong with this country. And so that's why I want the two of us to run for some low-level public office. Yes, yes. Not because we want to be elected. Yes. Not because we're putting any money into this. Yes. Only so you and I can do the parades and go and shake hands for... Are you in? I'm in. <coughs> Let's do it. Start with are you in? Are you in? I'm in. Are Let's do it. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think you like I, I yes, I am in. I want to run for office because first of all, I remember people's names and apparently that's all it takes according to you. Uh, Just remember some names and faces and you're good. You're personable enough that that's that yeah, you could do that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't even at the local level isn't there sort of a, you have to be a member of a political party to make this work? Like if we want to rain, run, if, run for like sewage commissioner, you're going to vote for either the Republican or Democrat. How do we get that? That's more of an appointment for the record, sewage commissioner. The drain commissioner is absolutely a voted on position. But you were talking about sewage commissioner. So that, wait, wait, wait. I believe uh, wait. there's a difference. Is there, is there a difference between the sewage? If you're a sewage commissioner or a drain commissioner, call us. 517-798-6187. It's good to have that and back. And Billy, Billy, that's how you sing it. That's how the jingle goes. It's good to have you back. I do wish Billy was here. I do too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you don't have to be uh, with a party. If you want to get elected, it certainly helps at the local level. Yeah, but we don't want to get we elected. Don't get we elected. just want to be in the parade. Like, I think all we need is we probably need to fill out an application. Okay. And we, pr we might. This already sounds like something we're not going to do. Well, after, after we get the application fired off to you, Lou Yost. <laughs> I mean, that comes first, but then I, th there's a chance we might need names, like enough, like enough names to petition to be on the ballot. Don't it we know enough? After Gooners will be that. Plus we'll forge it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is checking those? Because I tell you what, when, you know, when those, uh, people come around and it's, it seems to always be for clean water. Like every year someone comes around and like, Hey, could you donate? And here's about something with clean water, sign your name. I can't put a fake address because. They're at my house. I always put a fake name. Always put a fake name. So that means when they like turn this in to get some sort of like clean water proposal done, does that ruin their application because that name is checked and they're like, well, Marmaduke Van Swearingen does not live at 821 Hazelwood. This is forged. Um, no, it just, it doesn't invalidate all of them. It just means they go through and that one's invalid. Okay. Well then let's so if they just... need a hundred, like, I can't remember what the formula is, but they say, if you need a hundred names, you have to exceed that by X number to, because you're going to have this percentages are not going to count are going to be fake. Are you looking up that formula? No, I am going to look up. I want to look up some of the low level positions we could run for. So Here's an interesting thing you said. Do we need to be a Republican? If we wanted to legitimately win a local election, you know, with local politics, being a Republican or Democrat doesn't matter as much because it turns out 
People care if their trash gets picked up and if their roads are in good shape. And they don't care which party you're in as long as you can do that. Uh, at the, more so at the local level. Here's an interesting. So are we trash commissioner? Is that a thing? I, I don't. I don't know. It depends on the municipality. I think. It's again. I would say sanitation commission probably is more of an appointment, not an elected position. I want to blow your mind. Why don't we run for sheriff? <laughs> here's the you, thing. You you do you don't have to be a police officer to run for sheriff. But here's the thing. Like we need to run for something together. That's the challenge. Or we need to flip a coin that one of us, one of us loses. We need to make a bet that one of us loses, and then our name has to be on the ballot. The other one just has to be our campaign campaign manager. manager. Well, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't know what position you can run for as a like what city government position has a vice that you're running with. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be my deputy, and can we I- could just say we're like uh, we're we're natural law party or libertarian party, and that way, like we because. The more conservative you are, the more you like the sheriff and the more you dislike the chief of police because the chief of police in a city is named by the mayor or some sort of city government, but the sheriff is elected. So your grassroots Tea Party folk, and we're more of in a Republican area, Robbie, they like the sheriff. So we just let's just out conservative whoever is running for sheriff. I mean, I'm worried because this went from getting from uh, just we want to be in a parade and say that we're on the ballot just so we could do parades. But now I've worried like we're developing a platform. Oh, we're definitely. So so can I feel like we've covered this before. We need we need a role for Billy. I would like him to be our aide de camp. Aide de camp is one of the great titles of all time. So and I, I feel like we've covered this on the podcast four years ago. I still don't remember what it means, but I, it's like I know a, it's, it's a great like a title. valet or personal assistant. But generally, it's in war. Do like, like a camp general, is in war. right? Or a officer. So when Eric Shaw, a racing expert of the podcast, he and I were together. NASCAR racing expert, not cycling racing expert. Just to clarify, cycling does not exist anymore. If you remember from the Worldwide Cycling Federation. <laughs> So he is indeed the racing expert. We ran him. I was his campaign manager in college for class president. And we made a website. And it was like a geo. I mean, that was like the thing to do in the late 90s was have like a GeoCities website. Uh, we had a picture of him with a stolen <laughs> wise man with a background, like the, the wallpaper background was hammers and sickles. <laughs> and we had a platform. And one of the things of the platform was that we were going to sh- <laughs> we were going to shoot all of our trash at the sun, because what's the difference? Like, let's just <laughs> shoot our trash. Now that might not come up in a class president, but we just wanted people to know we were thinking big. <laughs> and uh, we we he was an official we ha- he was an official candidate. We had a lunch. How, how many how many uh, signatures did you need to get him on the ballot? I don't know if we needed that. I don't remember, but I do remember having lunch with the current class president. To tell us to stop, <laughs> that we were making a mockery of it, but they couldn't stop us from being in the debate. Do you remember that current class president's name? All I remember was he was really, really tall, and his girlfriend was really, really short. Not short because she stood next to him, but just one was tall and one was really short. So even next to us, she's short. Yes. And so he was able to be in the debates, and I scripted all his answers as... <laughs> I mean, we have no record of this, which is unfortunate. I do have a picture of it. We scripted all his answers with just really bizarre metaphors. And 
<laughs> at one point, his current wife, then girlfriend, leaned over to me and said, I'm so mad at you for making him do this. <laughs> Because it wasn't, it wasn't going very well. But then the last metaphor was this, was this, he knocked it out of the park. It was great. And it ended well. We got eight votes. <laughs> so he's, he's reading. Just, we're just, just eight votes. Both he and I forgot to vote on voting day. So <laughs> I don't know who those eight votes were, but those were patriots, Robbie, who wanted to solve this trash problem. So just to get this straight. You wrote out his answers to these questions, regardless yes. what the questions were going to yes, be. Yes, because the questions were just gigantic, long metaphors that could just sort of be applied to anything. Like, I think the last one was about these two birds who were watching a race, and the people in the race were, like, throwing out, like, they were doing something, I can't remember, and the birds were making comments, and then finally the bird, the two birds smiled and flew away out of the forest. And that was us. That was me and him. We were the two birds. And that's the only part I remember. But another one was, I was, I was reading a lot of uh, Alice in Wonderland at the time, so I was doing like Jabberwocky kind of stuff. Like, it, like you could not penetrate these metaphors. There was no... <laughs> It was just like a like a, a long line of of like cornflakes marching, and then a walrus came along and started eating them one at a time. Like they were really bizarre. <laughs> like when he's giving these answers, were people chuckling or were they laughing or were they were they just so aghast there was no response? Was there cheering after any of them? No, there was no Polite cheering. Applause. People were aghast. <laughs> this is why his girlfriend said, "I'm so mad that you made him do this." <laughs> but did you make him? I mean, he wouldn't have done it without me, but I didn't make him, no. He, but there's a there's a part of him that wanted to do it. Oh, absolutely. He was the cipher for all of my most cynical dreams. Like, you didn't make me go to that pawpaw school board meeting. I mean, Daniel Dunbar go. <laughs> That's right. But I did part give of, you the words. There's a part of Daniel Dunbar that wanted to go as long as he didn't have to come up with the words himself. Well, the question is, did Daniel Dunbar want to be sheriff? Uh, yeah. What, all right, can I? Can we go back to the parade and the campaign? Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you took please, us back please. here. Let's not try to get on the ballot for anything. Let's just be in the parade. <laughs> yes. Let's just get in the parade and just say we need a float. Here's our thing. And we can say that we're trying to be the sheriff. Maybe the first parade says, well, you're not really on the ballot, so we're not going to let you do that. So the second parade we go to, we say... Oh, well, we're, it's for the Afternoon or Sports podcast. Here's our $50 fee. But then all of our posters say Afternoon or <laughs> until the parade starts and they flop down and it says Klein for Sher Daniel Dunbar for Sheriff. Or just Afternoon or for Sheriff. Afternoon People won't even understand what that means. And then we just shake hands. What's even better? And we wear, we wear sheriff hats and little badges. Yes. What's even... <laughs> I'm going to go more of a boss hog route. I'm going to wear chaps. I'm going to be in... <laughs> so you're like a Wild West marshal. And I'm going to go boss hog, all white, with a string, black string tie. <laughs> you know, Duke's a hazard. Yes, of course. So I don't know if we can get a convertible with bullhorns on the front, but we can work something out. I think what's going to be great is when they say, this is not an election year for sheriff. <laughs> and we say, this is a multi-year campaign. <laughs> We're getting our name out early. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the 2020 presidential election is pretty much already underway. Why wouldn't we have the 2020 drain commissioner election in Jackson <laughs> County? Why wouldn't we already be campaigning for that? Of course we would. So, Sheriff, we're... There, or, or, dra or drain commissioner. Well, in Spring Arbor, uh, there is a parade at Memorial Day. That's the parade we were in. We could try to do this again uh, as sheriff. I'm willing to spend some money on an actual banner, because this is a banner we would keep for the rest of our lives, that just said, 
Klein and Bolton, sheriff and drain commissioner. Like what? <laughs> like this is a duel. You vote for, and the slogan should be something mildly threatening, like vote, vote for one or vote for neither. I think it's vote for two. Or vote for neither. Oh, yeah. I was so excited I messed it up. So yes, or something even more threatening like either vote for both of us or go to hell. <laughs> I feel like we, you know, we did that uh, years ago. We did that Memorial Day parade, right? Memorial Day or not Labor Day. I always get those two mixed up. It was a Memorial Day May. parade. We did that in Spring Arbor where people know us. I mean, people were waving at us. People were like, hey, look at those jokers. Hey, I hate those guys. <laughs> you know, I feel like we should pick some community like Springport or, you know, or some nearby, you know, like uh, well, sheriff Napoleon. Is of the, sheriff is of the county. It's the county. So we could pick some township where people know not Brenton Robbie. People know not. I know it's hard for all the aftergoodies to believe that there would be a <laughs> rural township in Jackson County that would know not of the afternooner sports podcast. But I think it would be more fun if there's people are staring at us and we're insisting on shaking hands <laughs> and giving out cards that say vote for us or go to hell. <laughs> but let's 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 get serious for a minute, Brent. We've got some college basketball stuff to get to. But I, before we do, I want to get back to your shooting trash of the sun. Yeah. And, and actually this is kind of serious. And I might have sent it to you. Did you see the essay in the Atlantic a few weeks ago about how recite this is the end of recycling? Yes, re failed. Did I city yes. Yeah, I mean, so the gist of the article is that China doesn't want to buy American recyclables anymore. So the recycling market has dropped. So for if you recycle, especially if it's a like a lot of cities, you pay your property taxes to that city or municipality, go towards your trash pickup as well as recycling. Some of the smaller cities are having to pay extra to get sanitation companies to take recycling, to actually recycle it. And so some cities, because the cost has gotten so much extra to pay for city, for recycling, they are just saying, we can't afford that. Just throw it in the landfill. Well, China was taking our recycling and they were just dumping it in the ocean. Allegedly. But they were paying for it. They were paying for it. I right, mean, but if you're, if you're worried about this from an environmental side, nothing's changed. It's it's just not in my backyard. Isn't that, That's the NIMBY, right? Yeah, not in not my, my backyard. backyard. So China was just putting it in the ocean. And not like, so you're like, oh, I feel good. I, I'm recycling. Well, your recycling was just going into the ocean. It's going to that island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, wherever yes, it is. Yes, but it's far away from you, whether you knew it or not. Now it's a matter of just putting it in your local landfill. So there's no difference in what you've been doing to the earth. In fact, the landfill might be better than putting it in the ocean because we seem to be having a plastics and ocean problem currently. Did you read about the, uh, you know, what is, what's that, the biggest valley? The uh, Marineris Trench? That's right. Ma marinara? Like marinara Probably not sauce? Ma pro it's, I, it's something I don't like know what that. it is. I don't think it's, I think you're close, but I don't think it's marinara sauce. Alfredo? <laughs> but, but I just saw uh, researchers have, you know, recently discovered that they uh, some of the like the shrimp that live in the bottom of this trench, they've taken them up and they find out that so much of their DNA has these plastic compounds in it now. Plastic compounds from stuff that's been just left in the ocean, that's gradually dissolved and sunk them down to the bottomless part of the ocean. We haven't got to the bottom of that trench, though, have we? Um, I mean, maybe not to the bottom Fair of enough. it, but anyway, the, deep down in the ocean, there's these shrimp and they have plastic 
plastic compounds in as part of their being because so much plastics uh, have been just left in the ocean and gradually dissolved and just, I guess, settled to the very bottom of the ocean. So the lesson here is recycling, why bother? Don't do fact, it anymore. And it's better to maybe put it in the landfill. Maybe it is better to put it in the landfill, but probably the real answer is uh, just use less trash, less plastic bags. Use less plastic. Use yeah. less packaging. When, when I'm at the grocery store and I have like six items and they're putting it in a grocery bag for me, I'm like, can you that, put I, one one item per bag, please? I just say, I'll carry it. And But sometimes it gets to the point where it's kind of awkward. But it it's gets like, weird I don't want any more of the bags. You roll up your t-shirt and you just set all the things in your shirt and carry it out with your belly exposed, right? Well, I'm already wearing a midriff, <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> So yeah, it might be better to just shoot shoot the trash at the sun. I think we should turn NASA into a sanitation company. That's my plan. That's part of our platform. We were going to do it in 1999 in college running Eric Shaw for class president. It, we can do it right now. Sheriff, Jackson County. And we'll shoot our trash to the sun. Thanks for listening to the Afternoon of Sports Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tweet at us at the Afternooner. Until next time. Will you be here? Think about it. So long. Thank mm-hmm. you.